0: Welcome to Mind, Muscle, and Metabolism, the Jade Tita Podcast. Here you get the in-depth science and practical tools needed to change your body, optimize your health, and elevate your mindset. I'm Dr. Jade Tita, and here is what I want you to know. You are different. You are as unique on the inside chemically as you are on the outside physically. And those differences matter. They matter because there is only one rule to achieving optimal health fitness, and body change. That rule, do what works for you. My goal is to help you understand exactly how. I'm so excited you're here. Your transformation starts right now. All right, guys, welcome to today's podcast. And today is going to be a part two Last episode, episode 11, I was speaking about the four metabolic toggles. It's such an important concept, and there's much less, uh, I'm sorry, there's much more to be said on this topic. And so I wanted to do a follow-up podcast on it so you get all the details. So let's get into it real quick. First of all, let's review, for those who did not listen to episode 11, the four metabolic toggles. Essentially, the idea behind this is that most people – think the metabolism only has two switches to pull. Either the couch potato model, which is sort of eating more and exercising less, or the dieter model, which is eating less and exercising more. And most people live between these two toggle switches of the metabolism. The problem is that if you understand the law of metabolic compensation, you understand that one often leads to the other. In other words, eating less and exercising more because it convinces the body that, it, that the body is in starvation mode oftentimes leads to eat more, exercise less. And so people are bouncing back and forth between starving themselves and exercising like crazy to gorging on food and not exercising at all. Following the eat less, exercise more model indiscriminately and forever leads to this backfire effect. I call it the metabolic credit card effect, short-term gain with long-term consequences. We talked a little bit last time about the idea that both the eat less, exercise more model and the eat more, exercise less model cause stress on the metabolic system and you know that this is the case because both have hunger issues, energy issues, craving issues, sleep issues and mood issues. Hunger, energy and cravings, HEC or heck, sleep, hunger, mood, energy and cravings, SHMEC or schmeck. Both have heck and schmeck out of check letting you know that the system is out of balance. Now there's nothing inherently wrong with the couch potato model and the diet or model except that people can get stuck in them and use them for too long and if they're used for short periods of time two to four days in the case of the couch potato in an otherwise healthy fit lifestyle that's not a problem in fact the metabolism can benefit and use that Or in the case of the dieter, eat less, exercise more for 7 to 10, maybe up to 14 days. That's not a problem. The metabolism can actually benefit from that. It's when these things are done for too long. They can be too stressful. So last time we talked about the idea that there's two other models that you can pull from. There's the eat less, exercise less approach, which is more the traditional hunter-gatherer approach. And we have to make one caveat here because a lot of times people get mistaken here because they say but jade hunter gatherers move all the time and i agree they walk like crazy but they're not doing structured exercise per se uh it's few and far between if they're running away from a predator yeah that's high intensity interval training if they're on the hunt yeah that's high intensity interval training or intense work but in general they're just moving a lot and they're actually not eating that much And you also could think of the eat less, exercise less approach as your great-grandparents living on the farm, moving a ton, not eating as much as we do today, but certainly not doing structured exercise, or the traditional European approach, not eating a whole lot, not doing a lot of structured exercise, but moving. So this eat less, exercise less certainly has movement in it, and I've talked about before the idea that Research now has a concept they call non-exercise-associated thermogenesis, which is the calorie burn from activities of daily living versus exercise-associated thermogenesis, which is the activity burn, calories burn from exercise. And we now know that we burn a whole lot more energy from non-exercise-associated thermogenesis, activities of daily living, versus exercise-associated thermogenesis, exercise. In fact, the research is now hinting at, hinting at the fact that people may be better off moving all day without exercising than sitting all day and then doing a short amount of exercise. This is why we need to consider the two different. Walking and exercise are considered different. And this is why eat less, exercise less is sort of uh, nuanced here. So really it's an eat less, move more, exercise less approach. So now we have the couch potato model, the dieter model, and the traditional hunter-gatherer model. And we need to add one more model, which is the EMEM eat more, exercise more approach. And the eat more, exercise more approach is the athlete approach. We talked about the idea that no athlete who is training for and engaging in her sport is going to cut calories most of us want to look like athletes yet we try to use the eat less exercise more approach to do that we want to look like athletes but instead of doing what athletes do we do what dieters do and this is why it fails again and again and again and so the idea now is we have these four different toggles. We have the couch potato, we have the dieter, we have the traditional hunter-gatherer lifestyle, and we have the athlete lifestyle. Now, the interesting thing about this is that the couch potato and the dieter model usually ca- cause wide variances in calories. In other words, the gap between calorie intake and output is pretty big. You're either eating a ton and not moving at all, which means you're getting way more calories than you need, or you're moving a ton, exercising a ton, and not Eating a lot, which means you're getting way less calories than you need. And this is stressful for the metabolism, and therefore you get issues. Well, the eat less, exercise less, and eat more, exercise more approach are more beneficial and balancing for the metabolism because the spread in calorie intake and output is much less, which causes less perturbations in hunger and cravings and energy levels because the metabolism doesn't feel like it's starving as it can in the other situations. So that's an important concept to understand. But we want to get a little bit more into this and realize that there's many different ways to do this because the first thing you might say is, well, Jade, isn't this a bit you know, sort of semantics in a sense because can't you create calorie deficits or calorie surplus in all of these states? And yes, it is. It's kind of semantics. In other words, what exactly does eat less, exercise less and eat more, exercise more mean, right? I mean, obviously, if you're creating a calorie deficit, you need that for weight loss. You can obviously create a calorie deficit following an eat less, exercise less approach. That calorie deficit is normally done via the diet. Because you're not, you're cutting down, but what you're eating, and you're also not exercising a lot, and so you're not getting overly hungry, and so the calorie deficit with ELEL, the traditional hunter-gatherer lifestyle, usually comes from food. Decreased food causes the calorie deficit. Obviously, hunter-gatherers, their major worry was not getting enough food, and so they are primed for that. Of course, in the EMEM approach, to exercise more. Uh, and eat more approach, the athlete approach, the calorie deficit can be generated from the exercise. Now, certainly, you could create a calorie surplus, especially if you're following the athlete approach, eat more, exercise more. You can create a calorie surplus in that model, which is why that model's probably the best model for gaining muscle if you wanted to do it. Because just like you need a calorie deficit to burn fat, you need a calorie surplus to gain muscle. So we need to understand how these work. So let's go through each of these. Now, how do you do the ELEL approach? Well, I use a formula um, that's a three-part formula. For example, for the ELEL approach, three, two, one is the model that I use. And when you hear me use these models, this was just a method I developed to teach frequency of eating and quality of eating, sort of the type of food that you were going to eat and the amount of food you're going to eat in a very simple way. So the first number, three, tells you how many meals you're going to eat. The second number, two, tells you how many of those meals will be starch and fat free. And the last one tells you how many meals will be mixed. So if I say three, two, one, that means eat three meals total, two of which are mostly starch and fat-free, so protein and vegetables, basically, and one being a mixed meal that would include fat, starch, protein, vegetables, fiber, etc. So 3-2-1 is the approach that I like to use for the E L E L lifestyle. Three meals, two of which are starch and fat-free, relatively low carb, basically soup, salad, scramble, or shake, and then one meal that it's a mixed meal, with some starch and some fat in it. Now, also, there's some popular regimes out there that could do very very well for an E L E L lifestyle. For example, the keto diet is a great E L E L approach. It is a very low carb diet. It has some extreme benefits. Most people are not going to do really great doing a lot a lot of intense exercise with keto. And keto can be a very good approach there. Primal diets, keto diets, paleo diets can all be great ELEL approaches, but the keto diet and the intermittent fasting diet, these are very good approaches to use with ELEL simply because not a lot of people have the same amount of energy that they might have if they were eating more carbohydrates to do that intense work. And so I like to use this approach. Every winter, actually, I typically do a keto-based approach or an ELEL approach, and you can be very nuanced here with how you do this. You can just eat less food in general, or you can go into macronutrient reductions by following a keto diet or an intermittent fasting diet. They work well in the ELEL approach. What about the EMEM approach? The off the off the cuff protocol I use for that is a four-two-two. So remember the first. Number is what I use to describe how many meals that you eat. The second number is how many meals you eat without starch or fat, basically soup, salad, scramble, or shake, something that is basically vegetable based and protein based. And then the last number is the mixed meals, starch, fat included, and everything else. So a 422 means four meals per day, and two meals that are basically vegetables and meat, and two meals that are mixed meals. Now obviously there are many different ways that you can do this. The popular bodybuilding diet which is more like a six-three-three, six 6 meals per day or a 660 where all meals are mixed. These are also great eat more, exercise more approaches. Maybe a marathon runner is going to include starch at all their meals, so they would follow a 660 approach. Whereas a bodybuilder might just want to time their time their carbohydrate intake around their exercise, maybe pre and post. So maybe they do a six, four, and two approach, six meals per day, four of those meals relatively low carb, and then two including carbohydrates and fat in and around the exercise session. So there's many different ways to do this. And so ultimately what you want to understand is that we have many, many things that we can use to pull these toggles and many, many considerations that we can bring to bear on our individual metabolism, our psychology, and our personal preferences. The point is you start to understand how to use these metabolic toggles to your advantage, right? To your advantage. So let's talk a little bit more about EMEL. This would be the Eat More exercise less state or the couch potato state. Can this be beneficial? Well, certainly it can be, especially if you're coming out of a winter, right? Let's say you're a hunter-gatherer coming out of metabolic winter and you've been following an E L E L state and you make a big kill or something like that. You've been starving otherwise, but now you have two to four days of abundant food. And that can be highly beneficial. It can help in recovery and repair and adaptation. It becomes detrimental only when it lasts for long, long periods of time. You're not gonna typically have abundance in food, even if you're living in tropical settings every day, every week, every month, and all throughout the year. You're gonna have more periods of time where you have less food and then periods of time that would be infrequent with more foods. And so what the research typically shows is that about two to four days of being on something like this, within two to four days, you'll have a nice bump up in metabolism. Your body will naturally compensate with, Compensate with increased metabolic rate, increased non-exercise-associated thermogenesis, increased motivation for exercise when you bump up your calories and become a couch potato for a little bit of time. But if you keep doing it, then it starts to backfire on you. So typically, no more than a long weekend in this eat more, exercise less couch potato state. And it can have a downside because what we now know is that the brain gets pinged with highly palatable foods. And so oftentimes this is why a cheat meal can turn into a cheat week or a cheat weekend can turn into a cheat month, right? Oftentimes these foods can have crave-inducing effects on us, so it is a bit of a slippery slope, but it can be useful. Same thing with eat less, exercise more. It can be very, very useful, and as a matter of fact, if you've been living in the eat less, exercise less, and eat more, exercise more toggles, which are the more balanced toggles and where most people should be... You're going to then have a more, much more flexible, balanced, less stressed out metabolism so that when you do switch into an eat less, exercise more approach, the dieting state, it can be highly beneficial at that point point to help you burn fat so long as you don't do it for too long typically after about four to seven days within four days some people are going to start compensating but most people can tolerate and eat less exercise more dieting state for seven ten maybe even fourteen days maybe even as long as a month I typically don't like for people to do it for longer than a two-week period of time and then it can be highly beneficial. Then it's useful for you. Imagine if you're following an eat less, exercise less, and an end or an eat more, exercise more state most of the time, and then you have an event coming up You know, Maybe you're going to an event as a speaker or maybe you got a high school reunion or something like that or you're getting ready for a photo shoot or you're going home to see family and you want to look thin and trim. You can go into an ELEM, this dieting state, for a period of time and get wonderful results if and only if you haven't been living in it day in and day out. There's nothing wrong with it except that most people do it for the, the entire time. And so what you want to get good at is you want to get good at moving back and forth between these two toggles. Most people do very well living in either EL, EL, or EM, EM, which is really nice, isn't it? Because if you're someone who does not like to exercise and doesn't love structured exercise, we know that as long as you just keep moving, getting 10 to 20 steps, 1,000 steps per day on a regular basis, you're going to actually stay pretty lean. You might not have the athletic body that someone who's doing you know, CrossFit and lifting weights has, but you're going to stay lean and look pretty good. And likewise, EMEM, if you're living that active athletic lifestyle, you're going to look pretty good and you're probably going to have a little bit more muscle. And so either of these states work and actually they work really well toggling back and forth between them, spending some time in ELEL, maybe on the days where you're not working out. And then Using EMEM on the days when you are working out. This is a very natural way that a lot of fitness people do this naturally anyway. Maybe they'll practice some intermittent fasting on days when they're not working out or days when they're traveling, and then days when they're hitting it hard or weeks to where they're really hitting it hard. They do EMEM. One popular regime is to do EMEM during the week when you're training really, really hard, and then ELEL on the weekends, or vice versa, ELEL during the week when you're traveling for work and busy with work and then EMEM on the weekends when you can hit the gym and tend to eat a little bit more. That's much better than doing what most people do, which is follow ELEM and then or EMEL, right? So they try to do ELEM all week and by the time the weekend comes around, they're starving and they do EMEL all weekend, get bloated as hell, get to Sunday night go to Monday and be like, oh, I'll start all over tomorrow, not realizing that that the fact that they were following ELEM all week is part of the reason that they're binging and doing this couch potato behavior on the weekend. So we want to switch this up. There's many, many different ways to toggle this, but you want to live most of your life in ELEL or EMEM, not... E-M-E-L and E-L-E-M. In other words, you want to either choose the athlete lifestyle or the traditional hunter-gatherer lifestyle, not the dieting and couch potato lifestyle. The dieting and couch potato lifestyle should be left for infrequent times. Let me give you an example of this. Let's say you have a Busy businesswoman or man who travels a lot during the week is very busy with projects. Maybe he or she wants to follow an E L E L lifestyle during the week just because it's easier. They're very active. They're running here and there. They're. They're moving around, so they follow E L E L, And maybe because they're sitting at a desk, they get themselves a cubie elliptical like I have, or they get themselves a standing desk. They take lots of walks and stuff like that. They park further away. They take the steps. They do what they can to accumulate their steps, but they're not doing structured exercise, and they're eating very little. And then on the weekend when they go home, they have the ability to hit the gym They're hanging out with friends, eating a little bit more, having some beers, loosening up on their diet, and also training hard. It's a great way to do this. But then let's say over the holidays they go home. It's cold. They don't have access to their normal gym. They've traveled. They decide, I'm going to stay here because I'm only going to be here for, you know, four days or so, five days or so with family. And I'm going to, you know, be in a position where I'm just going to enjoy myself and follow the couch potato model. I've been living in an E-M-E-M or E-L-E-L lifestyle, now my metabolism could benefit from some time off and just recouping and recovering and relaxing and getting some extra calories in without doing any movement at all. Or let's say you go on vacation and you go down to the Caribbean, and it's nice and warm and you're hiking and you're biking and you're parasailing and you're rock climbing and you're doing all these things and you're pretty much forgetting about food and only having one meal per day, but you're exercising a lot, Maybe you're in the dieting state then, and it works great for you at that time. But then when you go back home, you're only there for 7 to 10 days, so you're not going to overdo it. Then you go back home and jump back into the E-L-E-L-E-M-E-M lifestyle. You also could do this uh, seasonally, which I like to do, in winter, you could follow a keto approach or intermittent fasting approach or the 3 ELEL one EL, el approach. And this would be in line with what your traditional hunter-gatherers would do, a time to rest and recover, use the stored fat that you accumulated during the year and burn it up at that time to get your metabolism back flexible. And then when the springtime comes around for maybe a two-week period there, think about what your hunter-gatherer ancestors would do ultimately springtime all these very lean animals coming out of summer being temperatures warming up everyone's moving a little bit more trying to accumulate food trying to get more uh, you know fat on their bodies but the animals are lean and the vegetation is relatively sparse compared to summer and so what happens is you end up inadvertently in an ELEM lifestyle a dieting lifestyle summer comes around now you're switching into lots of food lots of movement lots of animals around that would be more of an EMEM eat more exercise more approach it's warm obviously you're going to be moving more and then you come into fall it starts cooling down the animals start getting fatter everyone starts moving a little bit slower and next thing you know is you move into an em el approach and so for me the way this works is right around thanksgiving christmas new year i'm inadvertently i'm pretty much in an em el state i go back and forth between em em and em el during that time then i switch into an el el state into winter. Then when winter, when spring comes back around, I'm back into this more of a uh, EM or em state and an EM-EM state. So now I live over here in Los Angeles. It's warm pretty much much of the year. So what I've been doing the last few years is either being in an EM-EM state most of the time, except when I go home, and then I'm more in an EM-EL state. But you can see that having this model, this four toggle model to take advantage of is very beneficial to understand because it allows you to... Be able to pull these different toggles and adjust your lifestyle accordingly so that you can work with the way your metabolism works. Your metabolism does not like to be doing the same thing again and again, day in and day out, over and over again, month in, month out, year in and year out. It does not like to do that, and it does not want to be stressed out. So you can work with the way your metabolism works by choosing less stressful metabolic toggles, E-L-E-L and E-M-E-M, moving back and forth between them throughout the week or two weeks on, two weeks off so that the metabolism doesn't adjust, and on occasion, use these other toggles according to your needs. Realizing that, hey, E-L-E-M can be very beneficial if you've been living most of the year toggling back and forth between ELEL and EMEM and hopefully you can understand now how beneficial this can be so this is the end of this podcast guys thanks for hanging out with me please go and leave me a review uh, on iTunes Uh, show me some love tell me what you like what you don't like I'd love to hear from you guys and I will see you on the next podcast